The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Let's start by talking about the continuing horrors of what Israel is doing to Gaza in retaliation for what was done by Hamas three weeks ago. Uh, we're joined by, four weeks ago now nearly, is it Daniel McConnell, editor of the Business Post, and Aoife Donoghue, professor of law at Queen's University in Belfast, are both with us. I'm going to start with you, Daniel McConnell, because we've had increasingly strong statements from the leading Irish political figures since Tuesday. We first had the tarnished uh, Michal Martin. We then had the President Michael D. Higgins. Statements that you would imagine had probably been carefully parsed and analysed before they were released. And then Leo Varadkar, our Taoiseach, while in South Korea, has gone a fair degree further, it would be fair to say, wouldn't it, Daniel? It is fair to say, Matt. Uh, he basically said the Israel's military action in Gaza resembles revenge rather than self-defence. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of says why Israel has the right to defend itself. It also has the right to go after Hamas uh, so they cannot do it again. But what he's, uh, just quoting him here, what, what I'm seeing unfolding at the moment isn't just self-defense. It resembles something more approaching revenge. That's not, not where we should be. And I don't think that's how Israel will guarantee its future freedom and its future security. Now, for an Irish Taoiseach to make a comment like that, um, you know, certainly uh, ups the ante in terms of the rhetoric and the, and the language coming from Dublin. We obviously know there's a long-standing, I suppose, um, good good feeling towards the Palestinian people from Ireland. You know, obviously, the you know left-wing politicians in this country have long, um, uh, I suppose, championed the cause of, of Palestine and have long criticised Israel's, um, I suppose, aggression and I suppose their 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 uh, actions into Gaza and into Palestine in recent in recent times. But for an Irish government, um, usually diplomatic language is very carefully thought out. It's very measured. Normally, it's normally goes falls far short of what a lot of people think it should go. Whereas what, as you said, you've had the tarnished of Michal Martin out in recent days being very strong in terms of his condemnation of, of Israel's actions. You now have the Taoiseach of the country, the Prime Minister of Ireland um, coming out with a statement like that while in South Korea. I mean, this is very significant. And, and, and Daniel, are there consequences for that? And the reason I ask that is, is that we saw, for example, how Paddy Cosgrave's Web Summit suffered because of comments that he made, which by comparison with what Leo Varadkar has just said, is mild. But could it also be that other countries which have taken Israel's side will be annoyed in some way with us. Even the United States of America, which is supportive, which is also responsible for an awful lot of multinational investment in Ireland. I mean, will these comments get noticed by people who might themselves decide to sort of teach Ireland a lesson for being so strong on the side of Palestine against Israel? These are the like the, the nature of these comments, Matt, means they are not uh, essentially zero cost. There will ultimately be some form of, I won't say retribution, but certainly a reaction to Ireland's comments. You, you cited Paddy Cosgrave, but there were many other people, I think, Matt, it was in your own column in our paper last week, where you, you cited many examples of people essentially getting cancelled for, for speaking out in, in against, against Israel. You know, Ireland, I suppose, has you know, also fought the corner of Palestine at European level, and obviously Ursula von der Leyen, the EU Commission President, has gotten herself into an awful lot of hot water for almost going too far of the way of defending Israel and its actions in recent weeks. There's been a lot of reaction to that. So this debate is not only a sort of playing out here, but you look what's happening in to Keir Starmer, the leader of the UK Labour Party. I mean, that, that party is essentially tearing itself apart over how to, to, how to handle this issue. Um, so it is one that's red hot in terms of um, potential political controversy. So these comments undoubtedly will, note, will, will certainly bring Ireland into the crosshairs of a lot of very rich 
um, business leaders in America who have, who who are unashamedly pro-Israel, who you know, spend an awful lot of money in this country, and this could very well be the cause. It might not see them pulling their business out of Ireland immediately, but could make them second guess you know any future investment in the country. So there's likely to be some fallout from this. Um, but I would think Leo Varadkar has at times during his his uh, tenure as Taoiseach been known for speaking out um, and going further than say Michal Martin or others have gone uh, in the past. Um, but you know I think he he obviously felt it was it was right for him to do so, um, and he certainly didn't punch uh, pull his punches while, while speaking on this. Uh, while in Secretary, this was not a gaff, Matt. This was not him kind of misspeaking or anything like that. He was very clear. He was very concise in his language, um, so he meant to say this. Uh, and I presume he and his government are aware of the potential consequences. Yeah, I just have had a statement given to me from the Israeli embassy. We asked for the Israeli embassy to come on board uh, on the program, not available, but we have got a statement. We have seen the Taoiseach and Tanish has strong condemnation against Hamas since the beginning of the war. Calls for Hamas to immediately release all 242 Israeli and international hostages held in Gaza must be heeded. It is important to remember that Hamas bears responsibility for creating this situation and for the ongoing and consistent rockets been launched at Israel every day since the October 7th massacre in southern Israel. Israel is acting within international law taking extraordinary measures to avoid civilian casualties. Uh, Danny, I'll be back to you in a second but I want to bring in Aoife O'Donoghue who is Professor of Law at Queen's University Belfast and who is a specialist in international law. That last line in the statement, Israel is acting within international law, taking extraordinary measures to avoid civilian casualties. Is that accurate or is that gaslighting? Uh, Good evening, Matt. I I think it would be very difficult for Israel to claim that it's, it's within the parameters of international humanitarian law. When you're using force or war, it's broken into two types. So there's the justification for going to war, so self-defence in this instance. But that's completely divorced from the actual operation of the war and how you conduct attacks. It, It doesn't matter what Hamas does or doesn't do. Israel is bound by a set of rules. Um, and in, in uh, taking, uh, you know, undertaking any military operation, you have to balance the humanity of the actual people, especially the non-combatants, which are the vast majority of the population of Gaza. Uh, and any attack that you do, you must make sort of basic rules around distinguishing between military and civilian targets. It must be proportionate and it must fulfill mil- military necessity. Um, and I think, especially if we think about the attack on the uh, refugee camp, it would be very hard to claim that they have met those requirements. It would be, it, it, they are, the, you know, the standard, these are very basic, everyone adopts an understanding of international law, these aren't disputed or debated. Uh, so, but I think it would be very difficult for them to claim that they've met those. Now, they, they could argue they've asked people to move out of North Gaza, but if you think of the size of Gaza and the size of the population, so it's about the size of, you know, around like Longford, and it would be like trying to get everyone in Dublin to move from one part out, everybody out of Dublin to another part. That's not possible. So they can put in leaflets, but it's impossible to, if, if it was a single building, for instance, leafleting might do, but you can't require an entire population to move out of your way so that you can undertake a military attack. And how significant then is it that when there's no formal charges of war crimes been made, that you have an international leader like Leo Varadkar's Taoiseach as part of the European Union coming out and effectively making those charges? 
Well, it's very important, and I think it's important to sort of distinguish between what might happen afterwards, the International Criminal Court, because Palestine uh, has signed up to the International Criminal Court. So uh, the ICC could look at both Israel and Hamas in the longer term. And that court, of course, will look at the you know, very specific laws and rules around this. But from a broader political you know, position, uh, the, the Taoiseach isn't, isn't a judge in a court. But it is very important that leaders come out and say that they think there is a possibility here that war crimes are being committed and that, they, that evidence is collected. Um, and there are a lot of different agencies, human rights bodies, uh, etc., collecting evidence of what's going on in Gaza so that in the longer term, the more technical legal ramifications can play themselves out. But right at the moment, it's extremely important that we state what's going on and what we think is going on and that, that it needs to stop, which is partly why the United States have asked for a humanitarian pause is, is, but is there, there's a difference, isn't there a difference? Though? I mean, a humanitarian pause is the language being used by some countries who are very supportive of Israel, whereas Ireland has, and I think it should be said to the credit of our government, said specifically we want a ceasefire. One of only eight EU countries wasn't it to vote in favour of a resolution for ceasefire at the United Nations. Yes, absolutely, because a ceasefire is, when we're talking about things like military necessity, when you're applying those rules, a ceasefire itself has a set of rules that goes along with it. Uh, and when, you know, it, which, so when a site breaches the ceasefire. So it's extremely important to use that kind of language and to call for it specifically, because a humanitarian pause is something that it's only about civilians. You could continue uh, kind of military attacks almost during a humanitarian pause once you're claiming, oh, it's not in the bit where that humanitarian pause is being carried out, whereas a ceasefire is a much more technical idea of what, what or, and what militaries, which is important in the scenario because we are talking about the Israeli military and Hamas as a military force, both. And we're thinking of that. So it is important that it's a ceasefire because it would require them both to stop firing. Daniel McCollum, listener says, so much for us but neutral, but is that the correct understanding of what neutrality means in that we're militarily neutral and that we don't go to war on behalf of anybody else, but we still do, don't we? Our government can take on our behalf a position to take one side or the other and a decision has been taken here to call out Israel for doing wrong. Yeah, and we've, see, we've seen this, Matt, since the Ukrainian uh, war and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, where the government have made the distinction about being, uh, I suppose, military neutral, as you describe it, but, but not politically neutral, i.e. that we can call out aggression when we see it, i.e. Russia. We've been very vocal in our criticism of Russia and, it, and its uh, actions in, in Ukraine. And therefore, the government feels justified, and Leo Varadkar feels justified, I think somewhat emboldened by, I think, you know, being able to kind of make that distinction logically that you can be politically critical of another country while not necessarily looking to go to war with them. Um, and I think that's the realm within Leo, the realm within Leo Varadkar is, is certainly pitching his comments. However, I think what it will see, I think how this will play out, I think when you're, when you're in the next, this, this issue around Israel and Gaza is likely to dominate the next series of EU summits for the foreseeable future until the conflict comes to an end or there's some form of a ceasefire. Um, and I do think Ireland's role will be closely watched as to how it aligns itself with various EU groups at EU summit level. Um, because obviously there is a cohort of EU countries that is very much in, in the camp of Israel. There are some other countries who are very much saying Israel has gone way too far and now needs to, you know, it's doing 
catastrophic human, humanitarian damage to, to the region and, and ultimately, you know, the EU is on that side. It'll be very interesting to see where Ireland aligns itself. But, you know, that distinction between military neutral and, and politically neutral is one that I think the government is, is certainly walking a line on here, um, but it's the realm within, realm within uh, which Leo Varadkar is certainly pitching his comments as of now. I mean, there's no suggestion that Ireland's going to send troops uh, on one side of the conflict or, or, or other, but it certainly doesn't stop Leo Varadkar for voicing his, his views very strongly here today. Thank you very much, Johnny McConnell, editor of the Business Post, Aoife Donoghue, Professor of Law, Queen's University, Belfast. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-